Jesus spoke like a leader. His words carried power. They inspired and motivated people. Because that's what real leaders do, right? Welcome to Positively Joy, where you'll find God in the everyday, through everyday blessings, everyday happiness, and even everyday sorrow. I'm your host, Yvette Walker. Here, we look for God in the commonplace, and we find His joy in the details. Listen at PositivelyJoy.com, where you can get a free teachable on five ways to choose joy, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Jesus spoke like a leader. His words carried power. They inspired and motivated people. Because that's what real leaders do, right? Remember the movie Miracle, based on the USA hockey team fighting in the 1980 Olympics? No one thought that team would beat the USSR, but it did. And part of that was because of the inspiring halftime speech given by Coach Herb Brooks. He lit a fire under them, and they skated into sports history. Great leaders give great speeches. Not just flowery speeches, but speeches that leave you with the passion and desire to do something. Jesus was that kind of leader. When Jesus addressed the crowds, his disciples, and his apostles, he created a thirst for more, a desire to be like Jesus but Jesus used a different type of speech to motivate his people. In the movie, Brooks, played by Kurt Russell, told his team, quote, Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. Tonight, we stay with them, and we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we're the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players, every one of you, and you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. Now go out there and take it. Wow, that was a pep talk. You know, we don't usually think about Jesus giving pep talks in the locker room, but he accomplished what pep talks do. For the next three weeks, we'll look at the speeches Jesus gave and unpack them, looking at the motivation and inspiration contained within. This week, let's look at the talk most considered to be the mightiest, the Sermon on the Mount. Now, when Jesus spoke, he didn't call out to the mighty or the rich and powerful. Jesus always looked at those who were lacking. He brought strength to the powerless. He didn't do like Brooks did and try to make his players feel better about themselves or, you know, really, really give them the oomph to make them go out and play. Jesus did something different. Let's unpack the Beatitudes verse by verse. From Matthew chapter 5. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Many biblical scholars interpret this to be a kind of spiritual poverty, while others acknowledge that physical poverty 
can have significant spiritual ramifications. Next verse. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Scripture tells us that in our weakness, our Lord is strong, and he is the great comforter. Next verse. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Humility is a major thing for Jesus. We see it in many of the parables he gave, and we'll focus on that next week. But being humble is something that he encourages others to be. Next verse. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And the Bible reading today from Angel talks about righteousness. Righteousness is an attribute of God. Christianity.com describes righteousness for both man and God, the difference being that God is the ultimate lawgiver. Perhaps the most important thing to remember is that alone, man never can achieve righteousness. Isaiah 64 verse 6 tells us, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. We need to be filled with God's righteousness in order for our hunger and thirst to be satisfied. Next verse. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. While self-explanatory, showing mercy is a Jesus thing. Jesus encouraged showing mercy all the way to Calvary, to his sometimes misplaced apostles, to his punishers, to the thieves on the cross. Next verse. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The pure in heart are the honest, the equitable, and those who walk in integrity. These same people have God shining in their hearts, and they find joy and satisfaction in him, and so they see him. Next verse. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Jesus was a pacifist, but he knew when to fight. For example, the, the overturning of the money changers' tables at the temple. Still, Jesus taught peace, always peace, and love and understanding between people of all races, status, and even gender. And so the peacemakers will be blessed because they will be the children of God as Jesus is the Son of God. Next verse. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Like the fourth beatitude, righteousness comes from God and can be persecuted by man, but this persecution is ultimately rewarded in heaven. And the final verse. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The prophets, the apostles, and everyone close to Jesus or spreading his message did pay a cost. But while that cost is great, 
So great is the reward. Okay, so how is that a pep talk? It's more of a downer, right? No. Jesus knew that faith and strength on the inside was way more important than outer appearances or outer gain, more important than outer comforts. Jesus told people to look inward, to go inside where the most important gifts lie. And many people not only got what he was saying, they felt it. They were shook to the core. I'd say this was a pretty amazing pep talk. Next week, we'll look at the parables Jesus gave and see what we can learn from these story-filled pep talks. And now, we welcome Angel McCoy with another episode of Angel Reads the Bible. This week's reading comes from Romans chapter 10. I will be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God concerning them is for their salvation. I can testify about them that they have zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, since they are ignorant of the righteousness of God and attempted to establish their own righteousness They have not submitted to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Since Moses writes about the righteousness that is from the law, the one who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith speaks like this. Do not say in your heart, who will go up to heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or who will go down into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. On the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, Who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Yes, they did. Their voice has gone out to the whole earth, 
and their words to the ends of the world. I have just read Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. You've been listening to Positively Joy. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and thank you so much for spending some time with us. Come on over to our website, PositivelyJoy.com. You can listen to past episodes. You can download a free teachable called Five Ways to Choose Joy. See our merchandise, cool t-shirts with our new logo. We've got a lot going on at PositivelyJoy.com. So we hope to see you there. Farewell for now.